following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, July 10th, 2023. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful day it is here, nice and warm here in Sonoma County. I have uh, two very special guests. I have a special guest with me in the studio, Elisa Sanchez, who's the president of our KBBF board. And she's going to give us an overview of a KBBF party that's going to be happening for staff, producers, friends, and family, which is happening on July 23rd at uh, Bayer Park. We are celebrating 50 years that uh, uh, KBBF has been on. On the air, and just a reminder for folks: it was 50 years ago that the first bilingual community radio station went on the air. Just amazing! And a little trivia: I actually, in August, I will actually be. I moved up to Sonoma County 50 years ago to go to Sonoma State. Amazing how time flies. 50 years—that's a half a century. What, uh, I mean, KBBF, I mean, the story of KBBF is just a miracle, and I love this story. I was very blessed to be going to Sonoma State when I first found out about KBBF, and later on they brought me on the air. It was a, an amazing experience. Uh, I also have a very special guest joining me on the phone is Dottie Lemieux. Uh, I just found out that Lemieux means the best, and I believe that uh, Dottie is the best. She's the founder of Green Dawn Campaign, and this is her. I believe her third interview, I kind of have her on when we when we move into an election season. And the reason that I think it's very, very important to have someone like Dottie on is because she lets women know how they can run for office, what are the steps they have to take. And also, she's going to give us a little background about herself. And I just love the name Green Dog Campaign. I have to find out what that means. Well, you know, every once in a while, you know, I go through and I look and I see, what day is today? You know, we celebrate July 4th. We celebrate Christmas on December 25th. You know, these are all big holidays. But but believe it or not, there is a celebration for 365 days a year. So I look every week, I look to see if I can find something interesting that I want to share with my listeners. And I found out that, amazing, that July 10th... (laughs) is don't step on a bee day. Can you believe that? And it's celebrated mainly in the United Kingdom. And let me give you a little history about bees. I mean, bees are so important to our environment. Ken and I are actually beekeepers. Bees have been around for centuries and are closely related to wasps. They are mostly found in every part of the world that has insect-pollinated flowering plants. Bees are essential to our survival and play a big role in balancing our ecosystem. They are great pollinators, produce honey, and give us food. This day marks the importance of their existence. 
Amazing. Amazing. And you know, it's, it's really interesting because the bee has been around. It says history of the bee. Don't step on the bee is a human beekeeping. Human beekeeping has been practiced since the time of ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. Bees have made an appearance in mythology and folklore from ancient times to present day. In fact, when Ken and I became beekeepers, I looked on the internet and I found that in, in Egypt they actually had pillars, long pillars honoring the bees. Now, how do we take care of our bees? This is the first time in human history that the bees are in, in dire stress. And it's so interesting. And instead of just allowing them to do their their natural habitat, we have turned them into worker bees. You know, we travel them all over the world to do different different pollination things, which is really affecting the population. So, you know, when you're looking out and you see a bee, don't be afraid of them. One of the things that we found out around, especially honeybees, they're very docile. You know, they're more busy building their their honeycombs than they don't want to deal with humans. Although I found out, don't wear black around bees because they, for some reason, it uh, agitates them. They think you're a bear. Pardon? They think, they think you are a bear. Oh, they think we're a bear. You know, I mean, you have all these stories about the bears going into, you know, into different, uh, different trees, uh, getting out, taking out the bees. Well, as we do every Monday morning, we do a special section on our history is our strength. And I must repeat myself, why? Why do I think this is important? Because our history tells us what we did right. Our history tells us what we did wrong. And it gives us an opportunity to explore and see where we want to improve, what we want to keep, what we want to get rid of. And what's why it's so interesting to bring forward the history of women the way I do is because we don't recognize the vital part that women have played in creating so many different programs and so many different things that have made our country a much better. So let's look at this. Let's look at what's something that happened. This is July 10th today, but this was July 14th, uh, 1917. 16 women from the National Women's Party were arrested while picketing the White House demanding universal women's suffrage, and they were charged with obstructing, <laughs> obstructing traffic. I mean, you know, when I think of some of the women that are in Congress today that are and on the Senate that are kind of not recognizing what it took for us to get a place at the table, just to get our vote, it took almost 70 years. And now you have all these different women running for office. You know, we need to know our history. We need to know whose soldier we were standing on. Well, here's a here's a real here's a happy birthday here on July 19th, and from 19th to 20th in 18. 48, the Seneca Falls Con uh, Convention, the country's first women's rights convention, was held in Seneca Falls, New York, and it started the women's rights movement. So I'm going to read this to you because I think this is very important. The fight for women's suffrage in the United States began with the women's rights movement in the mid-19th century. This reform effort encompass broad spectrum of goals before its leaders decided to focus first on securing the vote for women. 
Women suffrage leaders, however, disagreed over strategy and, and tactics, whether to seek the vote at the federal or state level, whether lawmakers individually are to take to the street. Both the women's rights and suffrage movement provided a political experience for many of the early women pioneers in Congress, but their internal divisions sometimes foreshadowed the persistent disagreement among women in Congress that emerged after the passage of the 19th Amendment. So even even as we pass, there's always been this controversy, this pull from one another. And you know something my belief system is, is that no matter how we make a decision, no matter what we decide to do, if we ask the first question, is it good for the children? When we ask that question, we're actually ask, we're actually asking, is it good for the future? Because that, you know, the Native Americans said, this is not our land. We are borrowing it from the future of our children. You know, that's a very, very interesting concept when you, when you start thinking about it. So all these things that are happening, you know, with the suffrage, with getting the votes, all these different things that happened were to strengthen, to strengthen the vision of America. You know, last week I was talking about the Declaration of Independence, how I was stunned when I found out all it entailed, and I looked at the 17 grievances, and I thought if I, if I just, you know, tweak the language a little bit, I could write 17 grievances that we have in today's world, 2023. But the bottom line is, is that we have, we live in a country where we can make change. You know, when they wrote the Declaration of Independence and they wrote the Bill of Rights and they actually put together the Constitution, like I mentioned when Benjamin Franklin brought in the Iroquois, the first question he asked is, where's the women? You know, that was their first – because the the grandmothers and the great-grandmothers were the ones who were on the console. We don't do that. We don't respect our elders the way they did back then. But Benjamin Franklin himself said it's an experiment, but it's a grand experiment because we have ideas and we have flexibility and we've made changes over the centuries. And we're making changes now, but I think this time we're making changes. We're going to, in the wrong direction. We're going backwards instead of forwards. So we really have to look at what is going on. And something was very disturbing that I heard on the uh, radio, or rather on one of our television shows on, TV, uh, on YouTube, we were watching the news, that we became, they, the, the newscaster put his fingers together, his thumb and his second finger, and put them together very tight. We almost lost our d- democracy we almost lost our democracy on January 6th, and we meet, really need to pay attention to that. Well, back to our history is our strength, and as you can see by the women that I present, it's all diversified. Hispanic women, white women, Japanese women, Native American women, all making changes. Well, on July, this, this is another happy birthday, July 10th, 1875, and she made her transition in 1955. And uh, this is a, I know this woman is an amazing woman, Mary McLeod Buthane. She was an educator, founder of the National Council of Negro Women, served as minority affairs advisor to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. She was an African-American woman, and it was amazing that she even got as far as she did. And then on July 13th, another happy birthday, 1910, it was when she was born, and she made her transition in 19, uh, 1983. That's Jofina Negli. She was a 
playwright. She moved to uh, North Carolina from Mexico after penning a prize-winning short stories, wrote the first novel, Mexican Village, in 1945, and later on wrote the television scripts, including The Twilight Zone. So who even knew there's a Hispanic woman behind writing The Twilight Zone that so many of us enjoyed? You know, it's like this... It's like everybody has to be quiet when it comes to women. But here's a woman, the Twilight Zone. You know, it's, it's just amazing that these happen. Well, another birthday, July 14th, 1916, and she made her transition in 1988, is Muriel Snowden. She was a civil rights uh, worker, a co-founder of Freedom House with her husband in Boston. And the Freedom House was a community organization that was helping women become more self-sufficient and and looking for more social justice. Well, here in 1916, when she was born and made her transition in uh, 1988, she was born four years before they even had the women's rights to vote. And many black women were not allowed to vote even at that time, and uh, Hispanic women were not allowed to vote. Women of color were not allowed to vote. It was strictly white women. But what happened? In 1920, that all changed. Even though it took it took 70 years, there are some countries that to this day, women have no rights. And we have to look at that even though the United States is not a perfect place, put it that way. In our Constitution, it even says we are seeking a perfect union. Seeking is to find. Seeking is to start looking and working at things. But if we all don't pay attention and think all we have to do is vote for president and that's the end of our involvement, we have a lot more to think about. We have to pay attention to what's going on. Well, here's our last our last birthday. This person, this woman was born in July 15th in 1899 and made her transition in 1990. Wow, this woman really was amazing. Estelle Ishuago. She was an artist. She joined her Japanese. So she was, she, I, I can't figure out what, it looks like she might have been a woman of color. She was an artist. She joined her Japanese-American husband in Wyoming, in the Wyoming internment camp during World War II. She made sketches of her experience for the War Relocation Authority, published Lone Heart Mountain in 1972, chronicling her internment. So here's a person who was in a mixed marriage, so to speak, goes into this internment camp with her husband and ends up providing all kinds of information. These are all women that stood forward. And by the way, just to let you know, I find most of my information on the, uh, on the birthdays and on the accomplishes of women through the National His- Women's History Alliance that started here in Sonoma County. Amazing. So I want to thank Molly McGregor once again, give her a shout out that she, she allows, she gives us all this wonderful information. You know, when I went to Sonoma State 50 years ago in 1973 and joined my first women's studies class, I went, whoa, I had no idea what women went through. I had no idea whose shoulders I was standing on. And for the past 50 years, I've been trying to let people know and educate people about that because it's very important. As women, we must never lose sight of the fact that we bring birth, we bring life into this world, and we are responsible for that life, and we must stand up for that life. And remember always that our children, your child, every woman's child is the future. 
and we must protect that future for them. And I got to tell you something, we're not doing a good job these days. And I believe it's because there's not enough women standing up saying enough is enough. So I know that's a lot to say, but, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. And we need to we need to encourage ourselves. We need to uplift ourselves so we can go out in the world and make a difference and secure some sort of future for our children. I mean, it's scary. I mean, I just heard on the KBBF news that President Biden ordered cluster bombs for for Ukraine, where 123 countries have outlawed them. What are we crazy I mean, think about it. Every woman. And you know something? Those cluster bombs that are going over to Ukraine are affecting women and children. Women and children, just like you and I. How would you feel if all of a sudden a cluster bomb went into your neighborhood? You would not like it. Or how would you like it if one of your child stepped on it? So there's a lot to think about. And as women, we need to stand up. Like I said, enough is enough. Okay, those are my thoughts for the day. I know I love to have that little 15-minute rant every Monday morning. You know, it's it's amazing. You know, I want to just thank KBBF and its board of directors and all the people that contribute and all the people that, that sponsor Women's Spaces from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of the heart of our president who's going to be talking after we take this musical break. We thank you. 50 years on the station. That's pretty good, I have to say. Well, we're going to take a musical break. And I'm going to be bringing on Alicia Sanchez, who is our president and just all around wonderful person that has kept this station together for many, many years. Really appreciate her. And she's going to talk about how we're going to be celebrating our 50 year anniversary here at KBBF, some of the events that we are going to have. And the song I put which I think is really appropriate for everything that I've been saying. And also it's the kind of the, the vision of, of KBBF and, and a lot of the community radio stations that we are family. We are a family of broadcasters. We are a family of women and men who want to get the word and the information out to our community. And so I'm, we're going to be playing We Are Family, sung by I Love This, Sister Sledge. It's a song from the 60s. I remember when I first played it, it was just amazing. And the, the most important thing about this song is to understand when we say we are family, that means we are family. It's a diverse body of people. And I love, I love the fact, you know, people don't recognize that this country, not only are we diverse, but we have a thing called religion, freedom of religion, where nobody can tell us how to, how, what our, what our spiritual life is going to be like. And they're working very hard to change that. And again, we have to really maintain ourselves and be aware of what's happening. And back to the Declaration of Independence, and also the Bill of Rights, we wanted to make sure that the, the religion was separated from the state. And why do you think they did that? Because of the control that Britain was putting over the forefathers to be, this was it, the, the, the uh, Church of England, that was it. No, no. We said, no, we have a right to believe and to pray and to worship by choice. It's all about choice. It's all about choice. You know, I was thinking to myself the other day, we choose every day to live. Every day we wake up in the morning and we decide we're going to have another day. There are some people that wake up that don't do that. 
you know, so it's very important that we kind of think about these things. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's go ahead and play We Are Family, sung by Sister Sledge. And when we return, we'll be talking to Alicia Sanchez, the president of KBBF. we are family we are the family of human beings you know we live on our mother earth and we are children of the earth i mean who was the first mother you know we're all related to that mother and that's what we really have to see Anyway, for you folks just listening and just joining in, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And joining me in the studio is one of my favorite people. I keep telling her, Alicia, I was born in East L.A. you got to make me an honorary Chicana. But, you know, I don't know if she hears it. Now it's over the air. She's in big trouble. The president of our board of directors for KBBF. We are celebrating 50 years on the air, the first bilingual radio station in the United States, right here in our own Sonoma County. Well, welcome, Alicia. Welcome to Women's Thank you very much, Elaine. Thank you. Yes, it is uh, an honor. I mean, it is 50 years. Well, it's a public radio station. You're the first bilingual public radio station in the nation. And so, yeah, of course, we want to celebrate because, I mean, it's a big milestone. And especially, you know, with KBBF, 
going uh, all their ups and downs. I keep talking about all that, you know, that there have been times when it's just barely made it alive, you know, and it keeps coming back. And We must and, have and, a KBBF uh, angel or fairy. Yes, we do. We going. do. And, you know, uh, um, anyway, so to me, it's, of course, a very special birthday. And in 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 celebrating it, we're going. I'm going back to the history, you know. So yeah, give us, you know, tell us, talk a little bit about the history of uh, of uh, KBBF. You know, I remember when I went to Sonoma County, I became very good friends with Miguel Molina, and I know that he was part of the group. There was a lot of people that were involved. Talk a little bit about the history. Who got the idea? How did it start? And how did you get involved? I mean, you've been involved. How many years you've been involved? Now, uh, in uh, almost. Uh, Fifteen, fifteen, yeah, years. Oh, yeah, or more. I mean, from the very beginning, I, I've been, I knew some of the founders because my family came in 1969, and and the Bilingual Broadcasting Foundation was formed in 1971, and, and it got incorporated as a nonprofit. And then from there, the the all the, the this were a group of students from Sonoma State and Santa Rosa JC, farm workers, community members. They were uh, uh, Anglo's. Uh, um, they they were just a combination of people who diversity very uh, incredibly right and who said you know let's start first they wanted to start a, a bilingual public uh, tv station but that was too costly so then they decided to do a bilingual radio station a public one and so what they did is uh so in may May 31st, 1973, even though we're celebrating our, the birthdays in, in July and August, we, you know, and, and, um, May 31st is the official day that KBBF went on the air. We even have, um, one of the uh, persons that, uh, helped us a lot was Ethel Kennedy. And she, we even have a newspaper. I, we, I just found a newspaper about that. It says Ethel Kennedy visits KBBF because uh, as they, as we went on the air on May 31st, 1973. So it's a beautiful, you know, for, for, and what was so beautiful about it is that the story is that people took off in their cars. You know, in in their cars and and drove the west, north, south, and east, and they just kept going, kept going, and then from there, in those days, they didn't have cell phones, so in those days, they would go to a public station, uh, public, uh, you know, those phones. Remember the booth, oh, and yes. then from there, call in and say, "I'm in Sacramento, and I can, we can still hear KBBF," and they kept extending it to oh. see how was the range, and at that time, it was 18 counties that we were able to reach. And of course now it's less because there's been more, you know, other radios coming in, interfering, you know, there's trees going up and they, they sort of, um, uh, uh, block the, the line of, uh, communications that are coming through that, um, transmission, transmitting, um, but anyway, the point of it is that for us, and it's, believe it or not, I've been trying to get uh, Mike Thompson to help me, and they're trying to see get hold of uh, Ethel Kennedy, so see if she m- will give us a shout-out. But especially, I want to give a shout-out to her to say to her, look, the investment you did, because what she did is that through her um, uh, her husband's disease, uh, Robert Kennedy, she was able to uh, give um, a donation for us to be able to get the site in uh, on uh, you know. I know it, it's wonderful history, and just to let my listeners know that we actually have a picture of her and some of the it, some of the, the founders. And you know, you're you're telling the story. You know, KBBF is just an amazing story. I mean, how I came on KBBF is I was working for Athena House, and a guy I don't even know who he was. A guy by the name of 
Joe. He came in and he said, hey, we've got a bilingual, a, a new radio station here. It's a bilingual station called KBBF, and they want to do a woman's show. And they want to do it in English. Did anybody do radio? And so and nobody raised their hand. There were about 15 of us in the room. So I raised my hand and I said, well, Joe, I have an AA in journalism. And I said, I announced the uh, the sports re- the sports results and the weather report at LAC, at Los Angeles City College, which is in East L.A., Los Angeles City College. I says, I don't know. Would that uh, would that qualify me? And so Joe says to me, did you have a microphone in front of you? And I said, yes. And they brought me down. And my first engineer, I, if he's listening out here, was Richard Berry. And it was amazing when I'm uh, the amazing. I mean, I oh, could and not. Oh, you know, believe. we have a, a picture of you and you were there. They wear pictures and you send them. But we also found some pictures, the same, uh, the pictures of you being in front of the microphone oh, of God. KBBF. And oh, my. <laughs> Gosh, so no, you've been an intriguing. Po- so, I mean, I mean, you've been really. Uh, in, I mean, you've been with KBBF for many years. You know, it's incredible. Well, they brought me back. Brought me back. It's ten years. In, yeah, down in thirteen. Yeah. was amazing. Yeah, and so I'm really happy to be here. But yeah, we are really. We still haven't gotten anything from uh, uh, Ethel Kennedy, but you know, believe it or not, well, she's, she's still alive. She's ninety five years old. So when she came to visit KBBF, she was 40, 45 years old. She's I didn't st- know she was so. Alive. I know people. Don't I mean I research it and her actually her birthday was April 11th of oh this year goodness. so anyway and she turned 95 so we're hoping we can get her but let me just tell talk you talk about now talk yeah. about Alicia let's talk about we've got two important events coming up and one and and really talk about the separation because one is for the community for the for the children and the family of KBBF and friends and all that and the second one I I hear there's a rumor that we're going to have. Uh, Senator Mike McGuire. Oh no, he is yes, already. So he come Mer- oh. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh, he, uh, Senator Mike McGuire, ended up uh, being for our fortieth. And so when I asked him, "Can you come for our fiftieth and be our MC?" He goes, "Of course, Alicia. You know he loves KBBF and we love him, <laughs> and he's very supportive of us. And so he will be there. And uh, so that one is in August. But first, let me talk about the the community one, and that's going to be on Sunday." Well, Wait, before we start, yes. I want you to make a commitment. I'll have you on the first show in August, so we'll yes. talk about oh, that. Yes, fundraiser. Very but, important. Uh, we'll go in more detail on that. But um, on the, the July one, it's, uh, it's going to be on a Sunday, July 23rd, which is in a few weeks from now. And it'll be three f- days before Ken's birthday. Oh, there. Birthday. So we're going to uh, celebrate. We can yeah. help celebrate Ken's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can, when we sing happy birthday to KBBF, you know. Uh, and uh, so... Um, it's going to um, be on from one to five, and it's going to be at Bayer Farm. I keep saying Bayer Farms, but it's Bayer Park, and it's on West Avenue. It's fifteen fifty West Avenue. It's in the Roseland neighborhood, so it's um it's it's in front of Shepherd uh, School Elementary School for some people. But uh, anyway, at that park, and uh, we're going to have children's activities of course we're going to have a kbbf booth we're going to be making t-shirts uh, with kbbf 50th logo so people can you know purchase those but they also can just do their own design too i mean not their own design but they can make them t-shirt themselves 
if they want to. And anyway, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, food vendors and incredible music. Yesterday, I went uh, to El Mitote to listen to the band that's going to be playing with us. And oh my gosh, I danced. It was so great. The dancing is wonderful. And people were dancing different ages there. So it's really a good uh, band. And uh and so we're going to be having a lot of wonderful activities. There are nonprofits that will be there giving information. And we're going to have a raffle so that people can buy tickets. And it's really incredible. Our, our I want folks to know that also a women's spaces will be there. And if you see me, I'll be happy to give you a copy of our pledge, you know. Oh, yes, yes, every, of course. There will be other month. people there. Yes, I mean, other. we are hoping that uh, the programmers will be there so oh, we, every, we can oh, acknowledge them, you know. And uh um, um, unfortunately, we have a really tight uh, schedule, but we're just going to be able to acknowledge all of uh, the people who've come. And we're right now also trying to see if the low riders will come by and give us, you know, cruise by and give us, a, you know, a honking and, and well, celebration an, of, of us. That's another thing that KBBF's famous for was the, uh, what is it, chunk, uh, trunk or treat? Yes, trunk or treat. Every year, uh, of course, the last few years because of the pandemic, but we, I think we started yeah. it up the last year again, yeah. is we have the all the lowriders yeah. come in trunk or treat. And I'll tell you something. It's the most fabulous presentation to see all those Chicanos out there with those wonderful, wonderful cars. I mean, that's what I grew up with. Yes, that was what I mean, we I just came from passing out leaflets over at, they just did their second one over over in Windsor. And I went there and it was beautiful seeing those. So we're going to see if we can, we're able to get them. Well, but, if any, um, any low riders out there listening, you know, just get a hold yes, of the station. Yes, yes, <laughs> we need to make sure to come and celebrate with us. And like I said, that's a really important important we decided to do one that would be free for the community yes the food is you know you have to buy it but the, we wanted people just to come and celebrate and and the children have a great time and and so we re, and, and, and have a dancing and all so that's for july 23rd on a sunday from one to five and just to remind people at bear farm just to remind people that if you go on www.womenspaces.com, we'll have the flyer, you know, and have any information. Why don't you, we're at the end of this segment, yes. Alicia, why don't you give us uh, the website, uh, how people can, you know, where they have to go and how they can get there. Yes, but um, which brings me to the our second uh, event that we're going to have. That's going to be on a Thursday, August the 3rd, and that's a fundraiser. So there's there will be, you know, uh, for the dinner, a charge, and you can go to our website at www well you can just forget the w's you can just say kbbf.org kbbf.org and there you can purchase your tickets to for the for the dinner on august the third that's they, the how, one that mike mcguire will be present there how can they get a hold of you your is there any contact say someone wants to be a sponsor or get a hold yes, of you it's, it's, all, it's all through there but you can also just uh, uh, directly email me and it's very easy the my email is alicia which is a l i c i a dot sanchez s a n c h e z at k b b f dot o r g so it's just my name with a dot in the middle, my first and last name with a dot in the middle, and then kbbf.org. So you can go and get a ticket there. And so, and like I said, it's one of those things that 
I really want our community, I want all of us to come together because this is such a historical uh, event. You know, this is a nonprofit that's made it 50 years to of life, you know, and also just the first public radio station to have survived all of, you know, the ups and downs in the world, just like all of us. And, and it's always been in the forefront of really providing service to the community, you know, as even uh, the first media responders during the fires and floodings and all of this. And we do it in five languages, in English, Spanish, and three indigenous languages uh, from Mexico. So really, I want all of you, because all of you have taken part in this incredible birthday, and I want you to be present to either one of those events. I really would appreciate it because I really want to see you and thank you personally for just helping us uh, and supporting us through all these years. Well, thank you so much, Alicia Sanchez, president of, proud president of KBBF uh, 89.1 FM, and also celebrating 50 years. And I know, I mean, I have been around for 50 years with KBBF, and I know when Alicia says ups and downs and all arounds, but you know something? Every morning you turn on the radio, and there we are on the air. And because it's si se puede, we have, <laughs> we are doing it. We can do it. So si se puede. Thank you so much. Thank Alicia. you, Elaine, for having me here. Oh, I love it. I love you. Well, we're going to take in a musical break, and when I return, I'll be talking to Dottie E. Lemieux, who's the founder of Green Dog Campaigns, and we'll be talking about the upcoming election and the importance of women running for office and the steps needed to get there. And the song we will be playing is perfect. We are the woman. We are the women, sung by Betsy Rose and the Women's Choir. The women giving birth to tomorrow we are the women who are present today we are the women who know hope and sorrow women who act women who pray women whose wisdom will light the
Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Bases. We're trying to get a hold of Dolly, uh, Dottie Lemieux right now. Uh, we just got a busy signal. So, Dolly, if you're, Dottie, if you're on the phone, uh, we're, we're trying to get a hold of you. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Bases, and I am Elaine B. Holtz. I'm your host. And before we begin, you know, I want to, we're trying to get a hold of Dottie right now on the telephone. And as soon as we get a hold of her, we will have her on the line. You know, I love that song by, uh, Betsy Rose. We are the women sung by the few, by Betsy Rose and the women's choir. You know, it's so interesting because she starts out, we are the women. We give birth to the future. And it's so true that we have, we really do. Okay. Do we have Dottie on the line, Ken? I'm going to press a button here. Oh, good. We have Dottie on the line. I'm so, I'm so happy. You know, Dottie, uh, Lemieux, and you know, it means, Lemieux means the best one. So that is just amazing. Dottie Mu, and she is the founder of the Green Dong Campaign, and she is a political consultant, and I love, I love having her on the, on the air. This is the second time I believe she's been on the air. Is she here? Is she on, uh, Ken? Yes. Okay. Hi. Wait, Hi, Elaine. How are you? Oh, dude, we've just had just a, a quick little uh, 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 technical difficulty, but we're fine. Well, welcome, Dottie. You know, Ken just told me before we went on the air, he said, Lemieux means the best one, and I have to agree with him. You are one of the best women to be on this show and to talk about women and politics. So welcome. Welcome to Women's Faces. Well, thank you so much. I'm really pleased to be here. Oh, I love having you on. You know, before we begin, can I tell my uh, viewers, my listeners, just a little bit about you? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Well, Dolly Mew has been a political consultant for a long time. She uh, she has successfully run campaigns for the state, county, and local office, uh, specializing in progressive women. Hear that, ladies. Pro- specializes in progressive women. She serves on the Moran De- Democratic Central Committee and the State uh, Central Committee and Executive Board. She was a Bernie Sanders delegate to the uh, De- Democratic National Convention and is currently Current membership chair of the Marin Women's PAC. Are you still the chair of the Women's PAC, uh, uh, Dottie? Uh, n- no, I, w- I was never the chair. I was the membership chair for many years. But um, uh, no, I've, I've let other people move up in the. I know it's hard to catch up. We want to encourage um, some younger people to get involved and learn how to run campaigns and how to be candidates. Well, also, Dottie writes a blog with political tips, stories, and sometimes satire called the uh, called the uh, cookbook. Amazing stories and sometimes uh, satire called the campaign cookbook. She tries to include actual recipes recipes for the campaign trail. Is there anything else that you would like to add? And, and to, 
what? How did you come up with the name of Green Dog Campaigns? <laughs> um, well, this was I started Green Dog Campaigns in uh, around 2000, um, and we came up with the name Green Dog because uh, through the Democratic Party there are yellow dogs and in uh, red dogs actually and blue dogs. I don't think there are any yellow dogs. Um, Blue dogs are the more conservative, uh, fiscally conservative Democrats. Red dogs are kind of vote for any Democrat um, that comes along. So we wanted to something that was a little bit different, progressive, and environmental. We work with a lot of environmentalists, and that is the big issue of our time is climate change. So um, green dogs seem natural, and that's who we are. Well, you know, you are a woman. <laughs> I'm a woman. Right. What were some of your challenges in becoming a political consultant and, and doing what you're doing? I mean, it, it, what what motivated you? How did you get involved? I got involved uh, through many ways. I had been an activist for a long time. I had been in local elected office in a small town in uh, Marin County. And I had run for a larger office and had not won, but came close and uh, learned a lot along the way. I also had done a lot of activist training for um, various issues and community groups around the Northern California. So I decided that, that it was time to help candidates because they could be elected and make a lot of difference in their town or in their um, county, um, even even uh, state office. So um, I put together this with a few friends, and uh, who also were politically active, and uh, and, and it worked out really well. I mean, right away we got clients and got people elected, and had some tough races, but we we persevered and uh, and and been going ever since then. And, well, congrats, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, you. You know, let's talk a little bit about the election coming up in 2024. They're already talking about it. And tell us a little bit, what's the difference between the 2022 election? I know one is, is and the 2024, which has the, the presidential election. You know, what, what, what has to happen in order for for women, for anybody to get involved? And, and what's the difference between these two elections, especially the one that's coming up now? Well, I think since uh, 2022, uh, I mean, Trump is making a big uh, splash in the, in the Republican Party and, and around around the country. Um, and, and the thing about his rise to power and his unapologetic um, nastiness <laughs> is is that he has emboldened a lot of people with with really wrong-headed, in my opinion, views, um, racist and um, sexist and homophobic and anti-Semitic and um, you name it. So uh, there's a lot more um, hate speech and, and hate acts going on. A lot of um, losing of rights through through his appointments to the Supreme Court, um, like women's reproductive rights, particularly, but also a lot of civil rights um, in in various ways. 
that that I think that that's made a big difference in the last two years. And and it has made um, some people feel a little more hesitant about wanting to run for office and putting themselves out there, especially if they're progressives. And that's that's a problem. Um, one of the things that happened in 2022 was a lot of uh, right leaning um, people, anti-vaxxers, and book banners, and people like that who wanted um, to make changes in schools have uh, gotten either into onto school boards or are trying very hard to get on school boards. We had some in Marin County that we fought back against and um, kept them off the school boards, but they're still out there and they're going to come back. And I think it's really important for women particularly um, to think about running for their local school board. What, what that's do, where it all, it all begins. What, what do you think the, that women, what difference do they make? What, what do you feel? Why do you feel they're important? I mean, you know, it, it's, it's so stunning to me when I see some of these women that are in such opposition, you know, they don't understand choice or they're, they're supporting banning of books, you know, all these different things when it, they're standing on the shoulders of women who believe the opposite. I mean, they have a voice because of the strength of women, and yet they're coming across the way they are coming across. So why, why do you feel it's important, for, particularly since for progressive women, to be running for office? What difference do they make? Well, I think they make a, a huge difference. Um, a lot of uh, people don't remember history and don't understand all the sacrifices that that people made um, from 1900 on, but especially in the uh, the 1920, you got a vote, and then in uh, the 60s and 70s with the second wave feminists who uh, did so much, and Roe v. Wade and women's rights and um, schools, uh, Title IX, all those things, um, which are now in danger and some have been done away with. So the, the women particularly, uh, I think, understand more. I have a, And there's a certain, um, uh, I don't know, women are, are like closer to children usually. Um, women have felt a lot of the oppression uh, that maybe men haven't felt so much. Um, not that there are great men, and we have helped a lot of men run for office too. But I, I think getting more women um, in uh, on school boards and other elected offices can help when some of these things come up. Um, you see in other countries the, the great oppression that women have, and that that's the kind of thing that we don't exactly have it as much here. But it's it's uh, it's on the rise. And I think we have to be ever vigilant. Right, we have to so be vigilant. Women, um, yeah, women, women are on the front line. I think in a lot of ways. Well, talking about women running, and, you know, I, I totally agree with you, you know. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I was even thinking, Ken and I were talking this morning, you know, I get so passionate around the immigrant issue. And, and we were talking, well, of course I get passionate. I'm only a first-generation American on my on my father's side and second on my mother. And I, I remember my grandmother coming over. I mean, a strong woman as a child with two loaves of bread. Her sister had two loaves of bread. Her mother had two loaves of bread, and she had two loaves of bread, and they're coming to to America to to leave the oppression you know to you know they were 
Cossacks came into their shtetls and just killed them, and they wanted to just come to America because the myth of America was it was a free country and nobody would bang down your door. I mean, things have definitely changed, but but that is the that is the thought that they had. So I love the thought of what my grandmother's America was, and so when you you know here we women coming over to this country, women giving birth, you know, women challenging the system by getting the vote, all these different things that happen. And here we are in 2023, women have the opportunity to run for office. So what advice, if there's a woman out there listening that maybe wants to run for office, what, what advice would you give her? What, what do you, what is the first steps? I mean, I would say the first step is to get involved in, you know, some of your local community uh, programs and, you know, to get a name out for yourself. But what are some of the, the things that you would recommend? Well, I think you, you need to um, have allies, people that you know will be on your team. Um, so talk to people, find out, find out what they care about, and, and let them know what you care about. See what the issues are. If you're running for school board, city council, um, county supervisor, whatever, go to those meetings, listen to them. And if you're, and start early. If you're going to run, a lot of the elections will be in probably not until November, but some of them are earlier uh, in the year. Uh, some of them are March or April. And so know when the elections are. Know what you want to run for. Be able to say why it is you're running, um, which is not so much, you know, somebody asked me to run, but um, I want to make a difference and this is how I can make a difference. I have this experience and that will make a difference. And get um, uh, get get a team going and raise money. Because no matter what you're running for, how small the race is, you have to have some money to talk to voters. And you you can't just do it on social media alone. Uh, social media is very important, and you want to be on all the platforms. Um, but you also want to talk to those people that aren't on social media so much. And you want them to have something that they can hold in their hand. So whether it's a piece of uh, something that you leave a card you leave at their door or direct mail that goes into their mailbox. They have to touch it. Something that they physically touch is going to make more of a difference than social media, which, which just goes by quickly on a screen. Also, the personal contact. So if you go to these meetings, you will meet people personally. And once they know you uh, and what you stand for and that you care about what they stand for, that, that um makes you feel more confident and makes them feel like they want to be part of your team. So start early, raise money, um, take some of the trainings that are offered, and there are many trainings offered. And there's an Emerge program, which is, a, I think, several months. Several months and costs cost a lot of money, but that's something you might consider. There's also a Run to Win, which you can find on, um, find it on Facebook, and I think they have a, a website they're connected with Emily's list. They do a lot of free webinars. So look up Run to Win and you'll find them. Um, we do trainings for women. We, we're going to be doing one hopefully in the fall on Zoom so that it can be accessible to people everywhere. And we want to you know, help people get started. And 
I, I, I want to yeah. I piggyback on what you said about having something in their hand. You know, I do a little I, – I pass out a card for women's spaces, you know, telling the uh-huh. information. And on the back, I have the women's spaces pledge. And it's so interesting when I run into people, sometimes I give them a card and they say, I already have one. They don't throw them away. So it's very important. Well, Dottie, we have come to the end of this segment. Oh, dear. <laughs> I just think it's it's just absolutely wonderful talking. I mean, the radio this time, we've I've tried to give you a big bulk at the end and just boom, it just goes by so quickly. So God. would you give us the website of how to get a hold of you and any last words you might have? Well, the best way to get a hold of me at this point, my website is has been uh, um, compromised, so we're in the process of fixing it. Um, they can email me directly at uh, eel at greendogcampaigns.com. It's del at greendogcampaigns.com, and I will be happy to talk to anybody that gets in touch. Well, any last words, any, any, any real quick inspiration? <laughs> inspiration. Well, hang in there. Do think about running for office. Don't be afraid. Um, reach out to me and or others that are that are involved in, in political consulting or just helping. Go, talk talk to some elected officials and get their get their viewpoint and go to those meetings that you are interested in. Well, thank you so much, Dottie Lemieux. You know, Dottie Lemieux, Lemieux means the best. And I want to thank you so much for being on Women's Basis and for sharing some of this very valuable information. And all the information that uh, she talked about, the lists and all the different things will also be on www.womenspaces.com. And I will, I will research all the websites. Well, that's it for our show, folks. A special thank you to Alicia Sanchez, President of the Board of Directors at KBBF. Remember, there are two events happening to celebrate KBBF's 50 years on the on the air. All information is on www.womenspaces.com and also at kbbf.org. So you can get all that information. A special thank you to Dottie Lemieux, the founder of Green Dog Campaign. Uh, and you can email me at elaine at womenspaces.com and let me know what you think of the interview and information Dottie gave. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, July 10th, 2023.